0: Hey friends, welcome back. Thanks for joining me as always. So excited for this episode for you guys today. Uh, I feel like this has been kind of a topic that I've touched on in probably almost every episode, but now I'm actually dedicating an entire episode to all of these misconceptions around keto that we may still be playing in our heads that's causing us to either not reap the benefits of keto or feel like we're ketoing too hard or quote-unquote fall off the wagon on the keto diet because we're following all these rules. It's all the misconceptions that we have heard in the keto community about what it means to be on a ketogenic diet and if those are actually really true. And just as a spoiler, they're not. But we're going to go through each one. I'm really excited for this episode just to talk about this because I know I was in the trap for a while and then I realized, oh, wait, it doesn't have to be this way. There is no rule that I have to follow other than my body needs to produce ketones. (laughs) That's my rule. And I'll go into that more specifically because I do have kind of the things that I follow on a daily basis, the things that I make sure I'm doing. Uh, They don't have to be that way for you, but we'll explain it all. However, first, I have lots of announcements and I even have a few personal stories. The first one being that I went back to my doctor. As most of you know, if you've listened to episode number one, I think I went into this a little bit, probably not in a ton of detail. And I know I've gotten questions since then where people want me to expand on this a little more. And I definitely will, maybe even in next episode when we're doing listener questions. But um, I do have what's called chronic inflammatory response syndrome because I was living in a toxic mold environment for I mean, probably at least somewhat my whole life to some degree, because I lived in Michigan where it was hot and humid and moist a lot of the time when I was growing up. But then definitely for sure here in Boulder, uh, after the floods hit, there was a flood four years ago. My house that I was living in at the time, I was actually living in the basement, uh, that basement flooded. So I had to move out temporarily while the landlords renovated and remediated. However, I don't think that they did that correctly and or in the swiftest amount of time necessary to not create mold. So there ended up being a toxic mold environment down there and I continued to live there for a few years after that and got really sick. That's The short version of that story, but I got really sick. And then that's when I ended up finding the ketogenic diet was because I needed to heal this chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So tons of inflammation going on in my body. And I needed to, like I've mentioned in the past, really work on healing my brain because that's where I was really noticing the symptoms. And for me, those symptoms were um, intense brain fog, word recollection issues, memory issues, not being able to hold a conversation with more than one person at a time, and it was affecting my work, obviously, as you can imagine, so that was something that I really wanted to fix as soon as possible. That's how I came into the ketogenic diet a year ago, actually, and have been doing it ever since. Now, I went back to the doctor recently, got my results back, and I'm actually reacting and having this chronic inflammatory response syndrome happen happen again in my body, most likely due to the gym that I'm going to you know, it was something where I got it completely under control. I was feeling really good. And I was like, I want to join a gym. And I am at the point now where within about sometimes 30 seconds, at most two minutes, if I'm in a place that has mold, I can tell, I can feel it in my body. I start feeling really sick. For me, it comes off as nausea, headache, dizziness, feeling really lightheaded. So I can feel that immediately. I have this like sixth sense, which is kind of awesome, kind of annoying at times. So when I went gym shopping, there were several gyms that I would walk in and I'd be like, no way, can't do this. This particular gym that I ended up joining, I did not feel that. I felt really good in there. I still feel really good in there. I've never had any reaction or any issue. However, my lab results are showing that I do have an issue. And we're assuming it's the gym because it's somewhere I go very regularly. I'm there five, six days a week. So I'm having a reaction, but it's not such an extreme reaction that it would be something like my home where I'm here sometimes 24 hours a day, but for a very long time because I work from home. So that was a very long story to say that I am actually really pretty calm about this whole scenario because I feel fine. I feel really good. I'm not having any of the symptoms that I had in the past except for the one and only thing that I can really notice is I do have joint pain, which really does come on only when I'm in a moldy setting. Uh, My knees and my one wrist get really, really painful for no reason. And so that has been happening for a while and I've been kind of ignoring it because I didn't want to go through this whole process again. But Uh, Other than that, I feel really good. And I really, truly believe that the reason why I feel so good is because I'm in ketosis and I have been for a year and I've done so much healing on my body, my mitochondria, my brain function. Everything has really done this intense round of healing. And so now, yes, I am having these numbers that are increasing and I am going to go back through part of the protocol. No big deal. But I feel so good. I feel great. I have tons of energy. I have a lot of mental clarity. So I think that I will 100% attribute that to ketosis. And I just wanted to bring that up as kind of this success story, I guess. I want to continue sharing that, whether it be myself or others, because I know sometimes we can get kind of bogged down with this way of eating and if we're doing it right and why we're not seeing results and what's happening and I just wanted to share a little bit of a positive note here today. I will say the one thing I am kind of depressed about is finding a new gym. Uh, As of right now, I'm doing a four-week trial of not going in there at all, or really probably any gym at all, to see if my numbers go down while also taking medication. And If we do, then we know that that was the culprit, but I have a feeling that's what it's going to be and I am going to have to find a new gym, which makes me a little sad because I absolutely loved that place. If you don't follow me on Instagram stories, then you may not know this, but I love to dance. It's probably my favorite activity out there of all time. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And I found uh, some dance classes there. I do twice a week and they just light me up. They're the best two hours of my entire week. So I'm really sad to leave those classes and the teacher and the ladies there, but we'll see. Maybe I can go back occasionally or maybe I can find another gym with other dance classes or maybe a dance studio. We'll see about that. I also love to heavy lift. I'm a former power lifter. I was in a figure competition. I was a personal trainer and in the fitness industry for a really, really long time. So I love the feeling of lifting heavy weights. And I also need to find a place that I can do that that will not make me sick. So that's my next task after these four weeks of cleansing my body out are over. And like I said, I will go into more detail about this actual illness, about the medications I use the doctor I see, the labs we do. I'll go over all that. It won't be too long. Maybe it might be like a five-minute answer uh, next week because I know there are a lot of people out there that are curious about it. I get questions about it all the time. And quite honestly, there are a lot more people walking around with chronic inflammatory response syndrome than even know it, whether it be from mold or lime or some other biotoxin. There's a lot of people and even people that come to me in my practice as clients that I can determine within five minutes of meeting them or even sometimes just looking at their intake forms that they're dealing with this and they don't know it. So it is a really important message to get across, especially now with all of the flooding and the hurricanes and everything happening, it's going to be even more prevalent come a year from now when people are experiencing these random health issues, living in a home that they thought they renovated correctly after the hurricanes and they didn't. So it's a very important topic, but we'll move on. Some quick other announcements. As most of you probably know, the Fat-Burning Female Project for the September class sold out in record time. And I even added quite a few extra spots and it's still before I even knew what was happening the class completely sold out I do not want to add any more spots because it's really important to me that I am able to connect with all of the participants and answer their questions get to know them get to know their situations and be there for them during the six weeks so I don't want to add any more because I wouldn't be able to do that if I did. However, I will say that I did add another class for 2017. I was going to wait until January 2018 for the next class because of the holidays, and I didn't know how people would respond, but I was just thinking and kind of doing the math and and looking at the calendar, and really, we could have another awesome class starting in early November and get through it. Yeah, we would have a day or two around Thanksgiving where it may be a little tough, but we'd be done by Christmas and we'd be fat burners by Christmas. We know how to navigate that. And it would be really actually awesome to go through the week of Thanksgiving and do that together so that we know how to handle those situations. And maybe there's temptation or mashed potatoes or whatever that you want to have. How do we navigate that? How can we make this something that we can do easily, whether it be this year or next year or the year after, now that we are fat burners and we've learned this process? So Another class has been added. Enrollment starts November 1st. So if you did not get in on this September class, which I know there's a lot of you that haven't, and I'm so sorry, but now you have another chance to get in and become a fat burner and get it all figured out. Like I said, November 1st is the enrollment. Now, obviously, as you can see, these classes sell out really quickly. So in order for you to make sure you get a spot, I highly recommend you go to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale and sign up. Put your email in. I will notify you that morning of enrollment so you can quickly Click the link, sign up, and you'll be in. That's the reason why it sold out so quickly before I could even announce it on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media is because I had those ladies ready to go on the email list and that email was sent out first thing in the morning. So I highly recommend you do that. I highly recommend you also put it on your calendar. If you put it on your calendar first thing in the morning and make sure you get enrolled uh, early that morning, then you will definitely get a spot. Like I said, this class in september sold out by mid-afternoon and i had to shut it down so just some tips that i'm learning as we go but can't wait for that class like i said november 1st is the enrollment date there is a really quick turnaround for that class too we are going to start that class november 5th with materials being delivered november 3rd so it's enrollment the first starting the 5th but preparing the 3rd of November. So we'll get quite a few weeks under our belt before we even have to worry about Thanksgiving. And then we'll be finished with lots of time if you are traveling for Christmas or just busy with family and decorating and all that stuff. You'll have about two weeks outside of the class to prepare for that and do so being a fat burner, which makes such a big difference. The September class starts their prep today, if you are listening to this, when the podcast airs. And I'm so excited for this class. Lots of really awesome women ready to take on the challenge and the switch and learn so much about themselves and about ketosis and be part of the crew. So I can't wait for that. That's coming up today. A few more things really quick. I actually signed up for two different trips this week around the ketogenic lifestyle. And I want to make sure that you're aware of them in case you also need a trip or want to come or are in the area, you can also sign up. So I will be at the Low Carb Universe. That's coming up in November. It's November 14th through 19th in Mallorca, Spain. I'm super excited. I have never been to Spain. I've never been to Mallorca. I've actually never been to Europe. So traveling there is going to be amazing i will be on stage as well speaking so you can see me in person just to chat but then you can also see me speak on uh, some of the topics that we talk about here on the podcast I can't wait, I have never traveled alone before, so this will be definitely a first for me and I'm super excited. So if you're in Europe or need a vacation in November, definitely consider going to the low-carb universe. It's like a five-day retreat basically around the ketogenic slash low-carb lifestyle. I will also be speaking on the low-carb cruise. This one isn't until May, so you have a little bit of time to plan your trip if you do wanna come. I'm not sure on the dates yet. It's towards the latter half of May. We will be on a cruise boat, all of us. It's super fun. Jimmy Moore puts it on. It's a great time. I've done it before and I highly recommend it if you are someone that is in the ketogenic or low-carb world and you want to learn more but also have a vacation and get to know people in this scene a little bit more personally. Because we're all on a boat together, so it's great. And I will talk more about this as it comes up. I just want to let you know in case it is something, either of those are something that you would consider doing and going to, uh, I'd love to see you there. So you can start planning. Both of them have websites, thelowcarbuniverse.com and then lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. Those are both the websites. I will link both of those up in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Finally, we can get on to our topic today, which is the top 10 keto misconceptions. Now, these are just my top 10. They may not be your top 10 or someone else in the ketogenic community's top 10. They're mine because these are the ones that I hear from ladies and basically all people as we talk about ketogenic diets. These are the ones that I hear, well, don't I have to XYZ? And I just can't believe some of these things that people really truly think they have to abide by if they're going to do a ketogenic diet. So I really wanted to talk about that and break it all down today. Hopefully we get through all 10. That's always the hardest part for me as you guys all have noticed. I like to talk. So getting through all 10 in a list is going to be rather tough. But this, I want to start this conversation off by talking about last week's episode with Amy Berger a little bit more. I know I added a little bit of a disclaimer before that conversation, but I want to talk about it again, which is that we had a different opinion about how much fat someone should eat if they're trying to lose weight. And we talked about that a little bit, kind of went back and forth because we think different things and that's totally okay. However, what I do want to remind everyone is that she is a low carb person. She's not a ketogenic person. So that is a very different topic because we're talking about the difference between still being a sugar burner and just altering your macros to do what works for you and altering your macros enough to the point of getting into a state of ketosis. Those are again very different. We've talked about that difference a lot over the past 14 episodes now. It's an important distinction because we're not talking the same language. So I just wanted to bring that topic up once again to make sure we are remembering that. However, I have just kind of a thought about it and I would I did get a really awesome comment about it that I did want to share because I think this is what a lot of people are struggling with right now, ladies out there trying to do keto and trying to figure it out, and this one really brought it home. So I want to read this real quickly. We'll have a discussion around it, and then it kind of brings us into these misconceptions. This is from Akambi. I hope I'm saying that right. She says, the episode with Amy Berger was my best so far. She said exactly what I have come to realize after doing keto for six months and gaining weight instead of losing. I adjusted my calories, macros, tried everything to no avail. However, when I cut back on the fat and increased my protein, I started losing weight again. I went from a 75 to 80% fat, 10 to 20% protein and 5% carbs, to a 60 to 65% fat, 25 to 28% protein, and 5% carbs, and that did the magic for me. And guess what? My ketone levels have remained the same. So I totally get what Amy Berger is saying but would like to emphasize that reducing fat should be for those that have already fat adapted. So thank you, Amy and Sean, for a great episode. Okay, I love this because I really couldn't have said it better myself. This is what I have been saying in all of these episodes when I'm trying to convey the message that you have to find what works for you. You have the power in all of this. It's your body. Every single body is very different. For a combi, she can have more protein. Her body loves that. She's responding to that. She's probably enjoying her meals just as much. And this is the kicker. This is the important piece. Her ketone levels are exactly the same. That is one of the biggest points in this comment that I wanted to emphasize. We really want to find what works for us as individuals, knowing every person is different, where you have the diet that you really want, so you enjoy your food, you feel really good, And you're also in ketosis and staying in ketosis on a regular basis. Because this is the Keto for Women show, I'm going to talk about being in ketosis because I think that's a really important thing for most women. That's why we're here. We want the benefits of producing ketones and everything that they do for us. So within that, if that's your goal, which for me personally, that is my goal. I want to produce ketones because I need them for my health and for how I feel, and for what I want to do with my health in the future. And I also want to enjoy my food, and enjoy my life, and feel free around food, eat what I want to eat, love every meal I have. Those are my two criteria. I think for a lot of you, those are the same criteria too. You have those same criteria. But that doesn't mean that you have to follow the 10 rules of keto to do it. You just need to find what works for you. Now, the second piece of this that's really important is that she did say, which I 100% agree, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, she did say that this is for people that are already keto-adapted. This is not something to tinker around with when you haven't produced ketones yet and you haven't gotten into this nice state of ketosis. And quite frankly, I would say you want to be in ketosis and doing more of this really high fat, low carb situation for about three to four weeks where you are consistently having this awesome level of ketone production. And then you can start tinkering around, finding what works for you seeing what happens to your ketones when you switch things up a little bit and go from there. And that's really your basis. That's where you decide. And even within Fat-Burning Female, we get a lot of questions about like, well, what does moderate protein mean? Moderate protein is different for everybody. Moderate protein for me is going to be completely different from the guy walking down the street right now. It's just, It just depends. It depends on a lot of factors, how your body responds to protein as far as blood sugar and, and insulin goes. Everyone is so different. So you have to determine that for yourself. And that's what I want to give you the power to do. And I think taking away these misconceptions that we are going to talk about today might help us do so. However, If you are someone that is still in that spot where you need to produce ketones and you still need to figure out how to do so, then I would recommend sticking more with the very high fat side of things and keeping your protein maybe lower than you normally would, as well as those carbohydrates. And this is where having the high fat diet is the most important thing right now For these people, which is not something that Amy does or talks about or promotes or anything like that, which was why she had the answer last week that she did. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you do so you know what we're talking about here. It's a great episode, but because we need that higher fat diet to signal our body to produce ketones. That is the connection there. So trying to lower your fat intake right now isn't going to be the way to go if you still need to produce a nice, awesome state of ketosis in your body and be there for a few weeks at least. That is something only to do when you have gotten to the level where Akambi is, where she's been six months, she's been in this awesome state of ketosis and then she started tinkering and finding out what was working for her, having those same level of ketone reading while manipulating her protein and fat intake just, just a tad. So I did want to talk about that and make it a little bit more clear on what it means to have a really high fat diet, why you're eating high fat, do you always need to eat high fat. But I do think that you need to be at this really high fat state to get into ketosis because that's going to be the signal producer and then be there for three to four weeks, then feel free to tinker knowing that you still want to have this state of ketosis that you are currently in. Feel free to tinker with it. Find what you feel best doing, what produces those ketones, what allows you to eat what you want to eat so that you enjoy your meals. And it's kind of becomes this little bit of a science experiment that you can do on yourself. And most of you will find that maybe, yeah, you can have a little bit less fat, a little bit more protein, or less fat, more carbs, or less protein, more carbs, or more protein, less carbs. Keep your fat the same. A lot of you might find that you still need to eat really high fat because the second that you lower that fat, you stop producing ketones in the way that you want to do. That's going to be the case for a lot of women. But again, find that out for yourself instead of listening to me or that person or that person or that person. Find it out for yourself so that you know and because I get so many comments about, oh, I'm doing everything right, but and really you doing everything right is not following everything that we're going to talk about today, but instead doing you. That's when you're doing everything right. If you're following the rules and it's not going right, then you're not abiding by your body. You're not finding out your own information if you're going through the rules, especially as you move beyond the point of becoming a fat burner, so you go through that whole process, then you start having the ability to find it out for yourself, which I think is really great. So, okay, enough of that. Let's move on to these misconceptions. I think I can get through all 10 because I'm going to not expand on them too much. I think they speak for themselves for the most part. And I tried to put them in order of least important to most important, and I just couldn't do it because they're all so important. So this is in. No particular order, the top 10 for Sean ketogenic misconceptions. Number one, when following a keto diet, you also must fast. Talked about this before. I do not believe that they go hand in hand. I actually really think a lot of women do better when they don't fast. Even if you're doing like an intermittent type fast where you just don't eat breakfast, a lot of people and a lot of women specifically do better when they do eat breakfast. It keeps their hunger very regular throughout the day. They feel very satisfied. They're in ketosis easier they have the energy they're looking for and the brain power they're looking for um, and just everything that they want to feel, they actually don't feel until they stop fasting and start eating. So I really think that's something that should be considered for everyone. I have Probably every woman I've talked to that is fasting says she just isn't hungry in the morning, and I think that that's not necessarily a good thing. I think after fasting for 12, 13, 14 hours overnight, you should be hungry. It's normal for your body to be hungry. It's a sign of a good, healthy, strong metabolism and good function of your leptin and ghrelin signalers, so I I really don't think it's a great thing to not be hungry in the mornings and it's often something where once you start adding breakfast then you start regulating those hormone signals again and you do start getting hungry for breakfast and that's a great that means your metabolism's kicking in those hormones are having their normal cyclical response that they should have and you're good so again I will say this a million times over I'm a huge fan of fasting I think it is amazing and has so many useful purposes. However, I don't think that everyone has to. I don't think it's part of being keto. And I think that there are many, many people who aren't ready for it and who are adding that into their lifestyle too soon when their body is not ready for it, their hormones are not ready for it. All these things that we talk about here on Keto for Women, you're just not ready and you're trying to force it or trying to make it happen because you're supposed to when you're keto and it it doesn't work that way. Please just try if you are fasting and keto and you're not getting results or not feeling what you're looking to feel, seeing what you're trying to see, then try eating. Just try it. See what happens. You may love it and it may be exactly what you need to help you get those results you're looking for. Number 2, when following a keto diet, you must keep your carbs at 20 grams. I don't know where this came from. There must be some sort of keto Bible out there where it says keto diet equals only eating 20 grams of carbs because the amount of questions and comments I get that say, I'm making sure I stick to my 20 grams of carbs allotted and this still isn't happening. It's weird. It's There is something out there that says that is the only way to do keto. And it is not true. You do not have to be only at 20 grams of carbs. Maybe what you need is more carbs to get into ketosis and feel really good. More than likely, what you need to do is not worry so much about the carbs and worry more about the level of fat you're eating. Don't just drop your carbs, but increase your fat. So I really think that even just the stress of trying to make sure you are at exactly 20 grams of carbs and no more is causing such a response that you're not going to get into ketosis because you're worried so much about your carb intake. I really think that if you just focus on getting your carbohydrates from lots of veggies and maybe some nuts and seeds, maybe some avocado, for a while until you get into ketosis, you're good. I don't think you need to maniacally and meticulously track your carbohydrates to 20 grams like a lot of you women out there are doing right now. So just keep that in mind. Maybe give it a go. Maybe try not calculating net carbs. Maybe just do total carbs and find a different level that's not 20 grams. I'm pretty sure the 20 grams is net carbs. I sure hope it's not total. Uh, I'm not someone that counts net carbs at all. I just don't think that that math is necessary or beneficial in any way. I think you just go for total carbs and do it that way and it makes life a whole lot easier. So maybe give that a try and see what happens and just let go of that 20 gram rule for a little bit. And I bet you'd probably get into ketosis a little quicker if you just relaxed around that a little bit and focus on just eating lots of veggies as your carbs. Number three, When following a keto diet, you aren't supposed to snack. So this was fascinating because I really didn't know that this was such a misconception in the keto community because I always snack. And then I put it on Instagram that I snack and what my snacks were. And I got such a response saying, oh, thank you so much for posting this. I was feeling bad for snacking or I was trying not to snack. And I really don't see the point in that at all. I think snacking is great. We're normal. If we want a snack, we can eat a snack. And I think it comes with this other kind of misconception thing within keto, which is that you're not supposed to be hungry. And that is just not true. Yes, your hunger changes, but you're still allowed to be hungry and it's still normal to be hungry and it's still normal to snack especially if your snacks are fat-based, which mine absolutely 100% always are. My snacks usually are like 100% dark chocolate dipped in a nut butter of some sort. That's my go-to right now. Or I'll have veggies dipped in my homemade ranch or mayo, something like that as a snack. Sometimes I'll have Jill's crackers, which are some pretty keto-friendly seed crack nut and seed crackers with butter on top. I love that snack. It's one of my favorites. So I am all about everyone, if you want a snack, if you're hungry, or even just it sounds good to eat something at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. if you know you're not going to have dinner for another few hours, then go ahead and eat it. It's awesome. Snacks are great. They're really fun. They break up the day. They taste good. They're only helping your ketogenic state if they're fat-based. So go right ahead. And don't beat up on yourself if you're hungry for a snack by any means. I mean, the difference is we are hoping that when you get into ketosis and you start regulating your blood sugar, which again, not an immediate thing that happens just because you're in ketosis, it doesn't mean your blood sugar is all of a sudden fixed. You still have a lot of healing to do in that process, especially if you are someone who has hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia or insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome, diabetes, even reactive hypoglycemia for that matter. And if that is something that you're going through, it's not going to fix the day you get into ketosis. It takes a little bit of time, so be gentle with yourself. And if that means that you need a snack because you get hungry, then great. If you get hungry, it also might just mean that your prior meal wasn't big enough. Cool. Eat a snack. Now, if you get hungry and it's to the point where it's like, if I don't eat right now, I'm going to pass out or I'm going to... Bite the person next to me's head off because you're getting hangry, which is different than just being hungry. If you're getting hangry, then it likely means you're probably still working on becoming keto adapted and you're probably not eating enough fat to do so. Because as soon as you add that ample amount of fat, you will not have that hangry signal any longer and your blood sugar will automatically get started on that healing process and you will just feel that little bit of edge taken off of your hungry and you're good. Okay, number four, when following a keto diet, you must drink a bulletproof coffee or tea. So this is one where, again, I get a lot of women who say, well, I don't eat breakfast because I drink a bulletproof coffee. And I really am one, again, that thinks breakfast is something that should be chewed. Chew your breakfast, get that whole process started. It does signal a different response in your body besides just drinking a bunch of fat in your coffee. So a lot of women need that response to happen because we're trying to heal our metabolisms. We're trying to get that leptin and ghrelin signaling back to normal and oh, t- it takes chewing some food. So yeah, I think adding fat to your coffee is great because it does help increase your fat intake for the day. So I really do think, especially if you're someone that has a hard time adding the amount of fat that you're supposed to be adding to get into ketosis or feeling weird about the amount of fat you're adding, then putting that into your coffee and blending it up is a great kind of hack in order to get the amount of fat that you need to get into ketosis. But that doesn't mean that goes in place of breakfast. We still would probably, most of us, do well with adding a little bit of protein, a little bit more fat that you can actually chew. So I recommend even if people don't have time or don't want to eat in the morning, I still recommend even having that bulletproof coffee and maybe adding in some hard-boiled eggs or a few strips of bacon or even maybe a little cup of chia seed pudding add something in along with your bulletproof coffee along with your fatty drink to make it a full complete meal and something that's going to sustain you for several hours. And if you don't like putting fat in your coffee, then don't do it. I sometimes do. I sometimes don't. And regardless, if I don't, I just make sure that I'm eating more fat throughout the day, which I do very easily. Um, maybe in my snack. Maybe I'll have a bigger fat-based snack at 3 p.m. or whenever I feel hungry in the middle of the day. But if you don't want to do it, don't feel like you have to do it. And if you do want to do it, try eating something as well. Okay, number five. When following a keto diet, you will immediately lose a bunch of weight. Okay, this is probably honestly number one because the amount of comments and questions I get that say, I'm doing XYZ, I'm doing everything right, I'm in ketosis, I've been in ketosis, and I've lost zero weight, or I've gained weight, or when's the weight loss going to happen? I think that those women, which I understand completely, those women read some things on websites that said, oh, I started keto and lost 20 pounds in a month. And then the next month I lost 10 pounds. And I now it's six months later and I'm down a hundred pounds. There's a lot of stories of, like that. And I've talked about this before and I get it because those are some amazing success stories. And those people needed to lose that weight in order to start their healing process. So it was that person's need for their body to lose that amount of weight in order to get their body healed. A lot of these people also came from pretty standard American crappy diets, to be honest, and probably years of that. And so just making this switch to where you're eating real food and maybe a little bit more vegetable than you ever have, just that, taking out the carbs will do that. And that's part of their healing process. The Those are the beginning steps of the healing process. Now, a lot of us have to go through the healing process before we start losing weight. So it's not always we lose weight because we start a new diet and don't worry about healing our bodies. You've got to heal your bodies. That's why I'm here. That's why this podcast is here. That's why my Fat-Burning Female Project is in existence. I want to teach people how to heal their bodies and then see what happens with your weight. That has to come first. And it's not this surefire thing that just because you start producing ketones, all of a sudden your body's just gonna whittle away to nothing and you'll be this supermodel. That's really not how it works. If you have excess weight on your body because of some sort of health issue and health response, please don't expect it to just magically disappear. And there are plenty of Experts in the keto community that will tell you the exact same thing. There's a lot of people in my same position that have excess weight still and have been keto for years because they're still working on healing. And for me, when I first started keto a year ago, I think I lost maybe three or four pounds of water weight that I think probably eventually came back on. And then I didn't lose any weight at all for at least six months. And I wasn't frustrated. I didn't really expect that to happen because I wanted to heal and I knew I had so much more to heal beyond my weight. The reason I was keeping weight on was because of that healing process that needed to happen. Not because I just needed to switch my diet and get into this magical state of ketosis and everything would be wonderful. I wanted to heal my body. That was the most important thing and it took six months to do so before I started losing any weight and I'm still quite a bit of weight over what I have always thought was my ideal body weight, but you know what? Maybe now this weight is my ideal body weight and I'm cool with that because I'm getting healthy. I'm actually healthy for the first time probably ever and that's what's really important to me at this point, so I just wanted to bring that up that... It's not this immediate fix. It's not going to be this immediate thing. And I really honestly would love the conversation within the keto community, especially us keto for womeners. I would love for the conversation to be around something other than your weight. I would love to talk about something other than that. And there are so many questions. There's probably 50 questions in the queue ready for this podcast that are about weight. And that's why I did those two episodes a few ago. What was that number 9 and 10 or 10 and 11 that were about other reasons why you're holding on to weight. And I want you to go back and listen to that. If you're someone that's still not sure why they're not losing weight, please go back and listen to those episodes uh, so we can have a different conversation Number six, when following a keto diet, there is no room for vegetables because they have too many carbs. I've talked about this so many times. You guys know how I feel about this. I am 100% all about the veggies. I want more veggies in most people's keto diets. There's definitely just not enough vegetable consumption going on here. So I really would love a little bit less focus to be on the vegetables. Stop demonizing the vegetables. They are absolutely critical to your success on a healthy ketogenic diet. We need all the nutrients we can get. So load up your plate with vegetables. They are also the best way to get more fat into your diet because veggies are the best vehicle for fat. You can add more fat to your plate because you're adding more vegetables to your plate. So that means more salad dressing and Butter or ghee or olive oil, just the list is endless. But it makes it a little bit easier when you just fill your plate with vegetables to add more fat and you'll probably get into ketosis and stay in ketosis even quicker and even better with that little hack. So let's please not be stingy on the veggies. Similar one, number seven here, when following a keto diet, never eat fruit. This is one, I've talked about it in previous episodes, but worth mentioning here quickly again, similar to vegetables, they shouldn't be totally demonized. I think that there's room for fruit, especially the lower sugar fruits like berries and citrus fruits. There's room for fruit in your keto diet if that's what's going to make you happy. If fruit is like your favorite thing ever, then eat it. Then eat a piece of fruit here and there, and you'll probably stay in ketosis, especially if you're eating it along with some awesome fats. Like I know a huge staple for a lot of the women in the Fat-Burning Female Project is berries with coconut cream or heavy whipping cream, something like that. It's a great dessert that's very keto-friendly. So please don't think that you can never eat fruit again. You could even probably have some higher sugar, higher carb fruits if it really, really sounds good once in a while too and you'll be just fine. I think, again, this is my whole thing about making keto a lifestyle and something you can do for a very, very long time is occasionally having those things that sound really, really good. So if having an apple and almond butter just would be the only snack because now we can eat snacks again too, even though we're keto, the only snack that really sounds good to you, then have it and you'll be okay. You'll eat tons of fat the rest of the day and lots of veggies and all that stuff and you'll be just fine. So, um, I just don't think that fruit needs to be totally 100% out forever and that makes keto a little bit more doable. Number eight, when following a keto diet, eat lots of dairy. This is a big one I see where people, even people that were paleo and not eating dairy, go into a ketogenic diet and all of a sudden eat all the dairy. And I actually did this myself too because it's a very easy way to get in some extra fat and it's delicious. And we've been told that we couldn't have it and then now we're told all of a sudden we can have it. But the thing with dairy is that there's a lot of people who don't tolerate it. And even if it's not a dairy intolerance to where, you know, you get bloated or gassy or have diarrhea after you eat dairy, even if you're not having these very obvious signs that you don't tolerate it, it doesn't mean your body is still okay with it. It could be something where it's just causing this immune response and your immune system is handling it every single time you eat dairy. And so you don't actually feel anything, but your body's working really hard every time you have that dairy in your system. So I really think, while I don't think it needs to be totally eliminated, I think you can have some high quality dairy every once in a while, or maybe there's some people that can do it all the time and they truly don't have a problem with it. I think if you are someone who is not getting the benefits from ketosis, maybe not seeing the results you're looking to see or feeling the results you're looking to feel, then taking a break from dairy is a really good idea. Eliminating dairy is a nice way to see how you actually do with dairy. It's very easy, just eliminate it for four weeks, try adding it back in and then see if you do feel any sort of change in your body when you add dairy back in. Uh, It may be like a headache or nausea. It could be digestive to where you're gassy or bloated or have a change in your bowel movements. Just notice it. Just see what happens. But you have to do that elimination for four weeks prior. I think that's a really good hack for a lot of people that are struggling a little bit with keto. I say cut out the dairy and see what happens. There's plenty of other ways to get fat in your day. I am about 95% dairy-free, and I have no problem getting all the fats that I need to get in order to get and stay in ketosis. So there's lots of different options there. Just give it a try, get a little bit more creative, make more dressings and sauces and mayos and things like that, and see what happens. Number nine, when following a keto diet, magic happens after just a few weeks. This is kind of goes along with the whole we automatically lose weight as soon as we're in ketosis. There is also this thing where people assume that when you're in ketosis, all of a sudden, everything's fixed and wonderful and great. And you have all this energy and this amazing brain power. There's no more brain fog. You feel like you're walking on clouds. You can go have these intense workouts again and not really need to sleep. And your blood sugar is stabilized. And all of your Health issues are gone, and just it's it is pretty magical, I will say, to produce ketones, but it's not that magical. It's a lot of times we expect that as soon as we produce ketones, life is going to change so much. And it really isn't like that. Our bodies are not designed to heal that quickly, it's going to take a longer period of time. And if you're someone who, for instance, is super tired all the time and you're looking for ketones to produce more energy for you and to make you feel more alive again, don't expect that the day you start producing ketones, that's not going to happen, especially if you are someone who is tired because you have thyroid imbalances or adrenal imbalances or other hormone issues, then... Just getting into ketosis is not going to be the answer that's going to provide the energy you are looking for. It's often going to be much more than that. It's going to take more time. And this is really where I continue to say repeatedly over and over that we are getting into ketosis to heal. We are not getting into ketosis and all will just be well and we will be healed. We are making this transition in order to start the healing process that's the difference. So please don't get discouraged if you start producing ketones and you just think, oh yes, life is going to be so different now. Most likely that's not going to be the case. You will hopefully start feeling small incremental changes as you continue, but don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen all at once. It's most likely not going to. Give yourself the time, continue doing what you're doing, get into ketosis, stay there For an extended period of time and see how these changes happen slowly, but surely. And then there will be one day where you think back to where you were when you started and realize how much has changed. It's not gonna be over the course of a day or a week or even a month. But if you continue on this journey and then think back to what you felt like before you started and then now, six months later, how you feel. I can guarantee you're going to feel quite a bit different. You really, really will, especially if you've taken that time to figure out your version of keto. Maybe not following these misconceptions that we've now debunked here, but finding what works for you and getting into that balanced place where you can produce ketones, feel really good, enjoy your food, but also have those macros that are best for you in that place. And that's where you come in. You get to decide that. Okay, number 10, when following a keto diet, you should also drop your calories. There are definitely people within the keto community telling you to do this and giving guides on how to do this and and books and whatever. And I just don't agree with this. I really just don't. I don't see, again, kind of going back to, Number nine, when we talk about how we are getting into ketosis to heal our bodies, that's just going to delay that. Yeah, it might produce some quote unquote results because I know we're talking about weight at this point. You might have some weight loss at the beginning because you cut your calories. So of course, you're gonna have those results for the short term, but that is going to stall. That is not going to continue. You are not gonna just keep losing, losing, losing until you get to your goal weight all of a sudden 50 pounds later. That's not how calorie counting and calorie restriction works. Eventually, your body will adjust your metabolism in order to maintain that level of energy that you are bringing in. It's a very short-term fix for what I know you all want as a long-term solution. We all wanna find that thing in that way where we can just find and get to and stay at the ideal weight, at the weight that you feel really good at and do so effortlessly. But if you continue to go on a calorie-restricted diet, that's not going to happen. You are gonna continue this yo-yo dieting cycle where then the only way to get out of it and to start seeing more results again is to lower your calories even further so then all of a sudden you're at like 900 calories instead of 1200 calories. And that's just insanity, that's total insanity. And really the way to get to this effortless quote unquote ideal weight is to heal the reason why you have excess weight in the first place. You have to heal that and getting into ketosis and finding that out will get you there But you're going to be delaying that process even further if you go calorie-restricted keto. So I'd rather you go more just normal, nutrient-dense, eating the appropriate amount of food for you keto in order to start the healing process, eat enough food, and feel really good along the way. And then expect to see results when your body's ready, when your body's healed and feels really good and is balanced and healthy and has all the nutrients it needs to thrive. Now, I know I talk about this a lot. This is kind of one of the major um, themes of this entire show that I will continue to talk about a lot, but I do get the response, well, what does that mean? When you say eat enough food, what does enough food mean? And I'm just going to put it out there. I do not like calorie counting. I think you all know that about me. I really think that that is um just really daunting and hard and again anything that we could do that makes food more of a math equation than just eating to enjoy and nourish your body is something I want to steer away from so I do not like calorie counting I will tell you that in the fat burning female project we eat the right amount of food for women that want to heal their bodies So, Fat-Burning Female Project will provide you with that amount of food that is the minimum for any and all women looking to get into this place of healing and get you into ketosis. Now, I know not every woman will be in the Fat-Burning Female Project, although I hope most of you do get in at some point. I will say that I have found the best place for women to be to heal their bodies and then see weight loss if you need weight loss is going to be around 2,000 calories. Now, I don't think this has a ton of room for lowering unless I would say you are a woman who is incredibly sedentary. Like if you are someone that goes straight from bed to sit in their car, to sit at at your desk, to sit at your car, then to sit in front of the TV, if you're constantly sitting all day long and you are not active whatsoever, ever, then you could probably lower it to maybe 1,800 or so. However, I think most of us are at least somewhat active. We're at least taking walks with our dog or maybe going to yoga or even just have an active job. If that's the case, then you need to keep it around that 2,000 level. If you are someone that is more active than that, if you go and work out at moderate to high intensity three four five days a week you're gonna need more than that so this is the baseline and you know i absolutely hate putting numbers on it but i also know that there are women that aren't going to do the course that need this information and that hopefully this will help people start eating enough food this is hugely important you have to eat enough food now again your macros can be different based on you like we talked about in the beginning but it is going to be a lot more fat towards the beginning when you are going through keto adaptation, but then you have the ability to manipulate that if you want to and find something that works better for you if you're not seeing what you want to see. The other thing I will say about talking about calories is that I also don't think, and really I guess talking about macros too, I really, really don't think that every day needs to be exactly the same. You don't always have to be at exactly 2,000 calories. If some days you're higher. Some days maybe you're a little lower, that's fine. Just this is your general guideline. But if you're someone that uses MyFitnessPal or something else to track your food, it becomes like this thing where you have to have these exact numbers every single day. And that's just not life. That's not real. So definitely don't feel like it has to be the same thing every single day. I definitely don't eat anywhere near the same thing every day. Honestly, sometimes I eat a lot more. Some days I eat a little less. Usually it depends on my workout for that day and just how hungry I am after that workout. I just go by my hunger cues. It's really that easy. If you're going by your hunger cues, you're going to understand. And for a lot of us, if you've been in that place where you have calorie restricted and dieted in the past, your hunger cues might be really off. And so that's going to take some time too to really start building and understanding again which is another reason why I'm sharing this information about actual numbers because it may take some effort to get to that level of food at the start but it will get easier you will start building up your hormone signaling again and you will have that normal hunger full signal for sure but again I am A huge fan of not being so strict that you feel like you need to eat the same exact amount of fat, protein, carbs, calories every single day. You can definitely be a lot more fluid with that. Of course, your fat intake is going to stay high. Your carb intake is going to stay low and your calories are going to stay enough to sustain you and energize your day and get you through the day and provide that fuel that we so desperately need and those nutrients that we so desperately need if we want to be truly healthy women. Okay, that was a little bit of a tangent. You can see I'm very passionate about that subject. That's why I saved it for last, but we got through all 10. I'm super excited. I hope that clarified some of these things for you. Um, I hope now it will give you a little bit more freedom to find what works for you, to take away some of the rules, to eat when you want to eat, to get enough food, to have breakfast when you want to have breakfast, to have lots of awesome vegetables on every single day, have some fruit too, and just do it. Just do it as your lifestyle. Make it something you can sustain for the long term and you'll love it so much and you'll be able to have the benefits of ketones for a long period of time. Okay, that's going to wrap up this episode today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I will be back next week with some listener questions. Have a good one. Hey, lady. Do you want to make sure that you are doing the ketogenic diet the right way for you? Do you want to make sure you're getting all of those amazing benefits that come with producing ketones and not putting any extra stress on your body? Then head to my website and check out the Fat-Burning Female Project. We have a new class starting soon, and I'd love to have you be a part of it head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale. That's bit.ly dot L-Y slash fatburningfemale. And make sure to sign up to get a notification of when the next class will be. Can't wait to see you there.